Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Endless Cells podcast. I hope everyone's keeping well who's listening. I'm delighted that I'd be joined by my co-host again, John. How are you, John? I'm good, mate. Glad to be back. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. I mean, you were on the sidelines for a while, but as I said in the post, a hard week in training, you're back in with the graft. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also delighted to be joined by a regular on the show, Ross. How are you, Ross? No bad, Stephen, yourself? I'm fine, I'm fine. Just chilling out here with you guys, having a wee bit of a rant about the, the club we all love, Celtic Football Club. And I, We'll move on to the first topic of the day, which we've talked about, and I know a lot of people are getting fed up with the whole rumour mill and the whole speculation around the manager position, but it's unfortunately a subject that we as Celtic fans can't really ignore, as the silence out of the club is definite at the moment, and people just don't know where the next thing is coming from. You get Twitter accounts making up rumours and people jumping on it straight away, so well, let's go on to what we actually do know. And I'm calling this the managerial bus. People seem to hop on and hop off anytime they want to. We've seen Jesse Marsh come out and say it's an honour to be linked to the job next day. He was not interested again. He just wanted to get his name out there to the press. But we've seen this morning an interesting one. Uh, Farve, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, he's managed the likes of uh, Bruce Dortmund, Mutant Gladbach and Nice. And Terry Henry has been linked with the job. Well, he said he's interested in regards to talking to Celtic. He's been previously at Monaco and Montreal Impact in America. Now, for me, before I go to you guys, <coughs> Henri, for me, is just one of them names again. It's profile over the coach. It's just a, a name to come to Celtic to get himself back out there again and hopefully make that move to another club, either in the Premier League or a top-five league around the world anyway. I don't think his credentials stack up, a bit like Roy King. They don't stack up for me in terms of what he's done in the game. World-class player, fantastic, I mean, fantastic at Arsenal, Barcelona as well, so... <laughs> We can't fault them there. And in terms of Farve, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about this fella, but I read up a wee bit on him today. He's managed Dortmund, and I think he led them to 15 straight wins in his first first spell in charge, or when he took over anyway. Unfortunately, he got let go just before Christmas due to a string of bad results. But he's, he seemed to have, he seems to have experience, like the likes of Mouton Gladbach, and he's managed in uh, Lega 1 in France with Nice. So I'll, I'll go to you, John, first. What what did you think when you you seen Farve? For me, anyway, I, I had the read on him, but does he excite you? Um, much. Pff, I'm just like yourself, Stephen. I didn't. I mean, I've, he- I've I'd heard his name, but I knew nothing about the guy really. Uh, so I did a bit of reading up on him as well. Um, obviously, if you're going to a club like Dortmund and Munchen Gladbach, you must have something about you because they, they they're not just in the, the habit of hiring anybody. So. Um, the fact that he's he's got that under his belt, uh, regardless of what his results are, um, obviously proved to be a good thing. But again, this is just another name, and it's just another guy uh, putting his name out there. Who's some random person's asked him about the job? Uh, he's made a comment, and people are running with it. And it's the same way just about everybody. Like I said, weeks ago, when Lennon left initially, uh, we had this conversation as well, and it's like literally everybody. Um, is going to get linked to this job. If they're not in a job, they're going to get linked. If they're in a job, they're going to get linked. It's no something that's, like you said at the, the start of the show, it's no something that seems to be going away. And because of the lack of clarity coming for Celtic Football Club, it's just, it, us as fans are just kind of left in limbo and we, we, we everybody's just, it's just all rumours and assumptions and all sorts. And it, it's... It's absolute madness, but I, I mean, I, I just want them to get the finger out. So, I don't know too much about the guy, that Fabry guy. Um, so, I mean, I can't really say whether or not it excites me. Uh, it definitely would be preferred over the likes of Akeen, uh, Kennedy, uh, 
and even on me, like you say, it's just another name. He's not done anything in management that excites me. Uh, as a player, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and the, the only the only real upside I see in terms of him being a manager at Celtic is maybe the influence he has in uh, bringing people in. Uh, certain types of players might come and play for him just because of who he is. But that's no... I want a manager who's got a bit of experience about him, who he's actually accomplished something in the game. Uh, and has that managerial he isn't just relying on his name to get him by. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> another thing as well, Henri's remembered for that, that famous handball against Ireland that kind of cost Ireland a, a chance at a major tournament. So there, I don't know if a lot of fans would get behind the, the, the types of Henri, sorry. Um, but I don't know, Ross, for me, the, the likes of these managers throwing throw the, their hats into the ring like every other day, it just points to a lot of mismanagement from Celtic at the moment because... They should be coming out saying they've got your they've got their shortlist, they've got five names, they're interviewing all five names, who performs the best gets the job. And that's the way it should be in, in any walk of life anyway. But you look at it now, and they've had so long to come out and tell us what's happening, give us a, a, like a time scale even to the end of the season, just let us know John Kenley's just there as temporary, temporary in charge. But there's none of that. And I don't know about you, Ross, but I'm kind of fed up with it now. Oh, I mean... I am. I, I, I said just before we came on to you, I'm absolutely sick of it. Uh, the, I'm just sick of the rumor mill at this point. Uh, I feel it's it's getting to the stage where it's becoming embarrassing. I mean, like you've said, there's there's so many questions, so little answers. I mean, you could look at it like it's taking so long. Is it is it due diligence? Are they dragging their heels again? Are there two so called final candidates who it looks to be keen and how are are they needing convinced to come if so why you could go on all night we'll never know but i mean the length of time it's taking is becoming it's absolutely infuriating to be perfectly honest uh, and at this point the time scale to me looks to be way beyond due diligence stage i think it's it, it just seems like they're dragging their i, I, I just can't put my finger on it there's just We've said that before. There's, there's no, there's no contact between the fans and the club. I mean, we're looking at the last few days. It's look. You've heard rumours that Keane was going to be announced. Then it was how the day. Then there was the hang we lacked out, eh, which now looks like it's probably been some dubbed nonsense. Eh. So uh, we're no further forward. Uh, that I can see um, than when Lennon walked out the door. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's really getting on my goat to say the least. Now. <laughs> I, I I can hear it in your voice quite clearly, Ross. To be honest, I mean, I've, I've seen I've, I've seen a whole lot of Celtic fans on Twitter, Instagram, any social media platform, and they're just wanting clarification. And as you said, it's embarrassing that other managers throughout the world can just find it okay to throw their name in and get their profile up again because. Celtic are really coming out and saying, look, we're not wanting these guys. We're not interested in these people who are coming in every day saying we're interested in, uh, in talking to Celtic. We've got a short list made up by bookies. I mean, I've read down a quick one while I've been on, while I've been on the, the podcast here. I've got Kennedy, Howe, Kane, Martinez, Lampard and Steve Clark. And for me, maybe Howe, Martinez and maybe Clark, that could be acceptable. I, I don't know about you, John, but, but were you of all this in regards to the silence as well coming from Celtic? If it baffles me. Um, 
it, it, I mean, like you says, I mean, Aberdeen being the prime example, they, they got rid of McInnes uh, within a matter of days. They had a statement out, and then days after that, they had a manager signed. Uh, and now he's already at work bringing in his team, um, as we know about Brown leaving. Um, and it was quick. They they were clear uh, and transparent with the fans. And you got to wonder why a club like us can't do the same. And like I said, we've touched on this before. Laura mentioned it on the previous podcast and a few other boys that have been on it have mentioned that it. it's the same thing. Nobody's saying come out and tell us a name of people you're interviewing. We'd, like, we're not asking for that level of detail, but just say something. Come out and let us know. We have interviewed um, candidates have been approached uh, and whatever the case may be. Just let us know something's actually happening, but the silence is deafening. And the fact that, as Ross said, they were no further forward uh, it is. It, it, it really. It's frustrating. And like you mentioned, there, Twitter is rife the new with, with rumours. And it, it all it takes is a prominent Celtic fan on Twitter with a bit of a following um, to mention a name, uh, and it all kicks off. Websites start reporting on it. Podcasts start talking about it. Um, people then start placing bets. That drives the odds down. And it, it's just absolute chaos at the minute. There's. I don't think there's anything. And majority of it, to be honest, uh, a lot of it, I guess, is just paper talk as well. Like, just them drumming up news uh, to sell papers and whatever else. But, I mean, just going back to it, the, the, the only thing that, that gives me sort of any peace of mind, and not necessarily surrounding Keane, but with the how thing, is that there's a, there's a saying that there's no smoke without fire, right? So, you have to think, we know how his name's been touted. We know through previous uh, people close to him that he might have been contacted. We don't know what stage that got to or where we are with that. But it just it, I'd, I'd like to think that we're maybe in touch with these guys and I'm, I'm hoping that it, it's it's true because I, I would really like us to just announce how as soon as possible and get it our way and let them then start spending the rest of the season trying to figure out what needs to change and everything else and obviously the, the massive rebuilding project whoever comes in is going to have in their hands just give the guy time yeah. but, uh, I mean if, if we if you rewind it back right before Christmas there around October time we knew Celtic were just hanging on hanging on to Freds for the season to, to finish well that for me I don't know about you guys but it seems like the board kind of relied on the season going perfect and then doing the transition getting away with what they're getting away with now like no communication side of things they should always have a, a succession plan and if something goes wrong. And yes, it was a 10-in-a-row season. Maybe they didn't want to bring a manager in too early so he, he would be blamed on, on the, the catastrophe that was seen. But Lennon with time was done for me well before Christmas. And you, you look at the names yeah. on the list. Eddie Howe's been out of work since last year. Farve, the former Bruce Dortmund manager, has been out of work since December. Now, I know he's only threw his name into the ring now. But the, if these guys are available, can you not just go, how do you feel about coming up? taking us forward for a couple of years, three or, three or four years. There's a plan. Bring in a director of football. But as you said, John, as well, Aberdeen done it within a couple of days. They let their fans know what is actually happening. And we have to rely on people putting up things like Eddie Howe was seen in the Tesco car park outside Gallagher. Something, just something, something, random, something random like that. And as you said, people do bet in it. And I think it's a part of hope because people want to believe things like that. People want to see things online from... Uh, big following pages that they want to believe they want to hang on to because we've got no communication from the club Dominic Mackay we know is the only uh, certified coming in as a replacement for Peter Loyal. Peter Loyal the director of football is rumoured to be Harkin but again 
no communication. I don't understand why they haven't approached David Webb. I mean, that guy was fantastic when we had him on. Um, you, you look at the, the back to the scouting department. Nicky Hammond's meant to be leaving, so there's another place we need to fill. Uh, Ross, if I said to you, <coughs> here, here's the keys to the Celtic boardroom. I'm putting you on the spot for this, right? But here's the keys to the, the Celtic boardroom. There's three decisions you have to make: manager, director of football, and recruitment. What way would you go about that? Just do it quickly and get it done with. Uh, aye, well, I mean, if it's viable to do that, um, I mean, it's not something I'm experienced in, but so I can't really say for sure. But I mean, the first thing that I would do is find out or try and make Eddie Howe my manager, if possible. Celtic might have tried to do that. He, he might be holding out for a job in the Premier League. If that's the case, then move on. If like Danny wait to see if he's going to get a job in the Premier League and then think, oh, he'll take us as his second choice. I just really don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. It's it's not my job. I'm glad it's not my job. But I don't think it's MD's job at the minute because there's bloody nothing happening. It's, it's, just a, it's a strange one as well. Like, if you look at it, the importance of the Champions League qualification, you need to then get that money. Also, the league has automatic entry next year if you win it to the Champions League. And I don't know if you guys seen today they've agreed the new Champions League format for 2024. So the, the, this is all big clubs now are going to be in, in this Champions League, regardless if they win a trophy or if they win a league in their country, just depending on coefficient, coefficient scores and stuff. Now, John, going forward, looking looking towards these qualifiers, I mean, from now, obviously the timescale we've had to appoint a new manager, which we've failed to do so, can you see anything that lets you know that we're going to get this done and get the rebuild done straight away because Celtic are notorious for signing players late on in windows and kind of playing beat on as it makes us centre half and yeah. you, you just don't know where it's going. Well, I mean, I, I might be wrong in this. Uh, my time scale is might be up, but we've got about three months before qualifiers start, three, four months or something that like that before the, the qualifiers the uh, start. Now that, is not long enough to get a guy in, get him integrated into the club, um, get him to see what needs to be changed. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation about guys that might be outgoing um, and obviously replacing them. So we know the rebuild could potentially be massive and I don't think it's enough time to get any. This should have been done a long time ago uh, and you should have had the guy in the door. One of the other things that really sort of pissed me off is we're still approaching players, we're still rumoured with players, we're still signing, who's making these decisions? And you go to think any manager looking at the club and they're still, like, they're signing players and it's like, maybe a guy coming in is like, I don't want this player at the club or I don't rate this player and whatever else and it's, I don't know who's making the decisions in terms of signings and everything else uh, And but I just, the qualifiers at this point as you say, it's, it's, it's important um, that we get ourselves in that position but I just don't have any faith that we're going to have a guy in way and give him enough time. And like you, you go back and we, we should have done this before Christmas. It should have been done months ago. He should have had ample time to get everything sorted uh, and to have a look at the squad, see what players might be leaving uh, and, and give him the chance to evaluate and get guys in. Three months isn't long enough. They were near long enough regardless of who's coming in. I mean, the, only, the, the thing that I'm holding on to on that front, John, and it's like just hoping beyond hope is that Rogers came in after Dyla later on than this 
and he, he got us to qualify for the Champions League. Uh, he had less time, but I'm obviously fully aware that there's going to be a bigger turnaround of players. Uh, we're Aye. up against a, a stronger Rangers this time. Um, so it's going to be more difficult, probably, for the new manager coming in. Hence, he needs more time. But, I mean, Martin O'Neill came in. I think that, if, I'm, if I remember right, that was quite late on. Uh, and he followed the Barnes and uh, Douglas era. And he turned it around pretty quick. So, I mean, it can be done pretty quick. It's it's no unheardy. But theoretically, it's no what you want to do. No, but, I mean, it can be done uh, if, if you're willing to back the manager, give him the finances, and you get the right manager in who knows what he's doing and has been over the course and has built teams and uh, not necessarily won uh, trophies, but likes to be how built teams, done well with teams. Uh, so it's no unheard of that you can turn things around in a short space of time. With the no, right I one. mean... But no, I no, I'm not disagreeing with you completely. I uh, hear you, and theoretically, it's it's no the way you want to be doing it. Uh, but it can be done. No, I, I I I do agree, Ross. And uh, I mean, like you say, it's Rogers and and Neil were examples of that. But you also, as you mentioned as well, I think this year the the level of rebuild and the, the amount of turnaround that's, that that potentially has happened is the biggest thing, and it's. It's, I, I just, I, 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 yeah, and like you say, it's, it's hope, and you, you'd like mm-hmm. to think that whoever's coming in, <clears throat> maybe they've even already got a shortlist, maybe uh, the, 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 they're already having a look, um, and we're just waiting on things to get an iron out, or they're waiting for a specific time to announce it and think that the wheels are already in motion. Again, this comes back to the lack of clarity for the club, and not letting anybody else know. We All we can do is speculate and, uh, and assume this and assume that, and yeah. it's, it's it just it creates a lot of debate and there's a lot of people like people that we know um, that are, are, are pro keen and everything else and then there's a lot of people that are there and it's just the, the club themselves need to just do something and be, and, and it, what's it they the, the fact that they're getting ever closer to the, the season renewals uh, for season tickets and as it stands at the minute I think there was a poll out recently uh, that stated a lot of people might not renew Due to the fact that there's a lack of things, uh, communication for the club, and based on this season uh, and how poorly the the Celtic TV carry on that that pass to paradise uh, stuff for season ticket holders has been, the the, the people are, are are a bit like, well, why should we fork out six hundred odd pound for another season, mm. and when yeah. you don't even have the decency to come out and tell us where where we as a where we stand as a club essentially. And they've got every right to absolutely. It's it's more like it's more like past the shape, isn't it? It's that past the paradise is a absolute scandal. I mean, I think they were they promised one commentary team for the season, and it, it switched so many times, and you end up with uh, Mark Smith for the last Glasgow Derby game. Like he wasn't even a part of the whole the whole lineup at the start of the season when it got sold to the fans. But to, just to bring it back a wee bit, you both made interesting points in regards to the time skills and. Ross, you, you think it can be done, but you also have to factor in as well, the Euros is going on. So who are we targeting? Who are we trying to sign? And you, you have to think, the, these players in the Euros, a lot of them will be in the shop window, but can Celtic afford that range? And then you, you look at the players, jo, as John rightly touched upon, who are coming at the moment, like Kyle Joseph, a young player from Wigan, 
Liam Smith, a young player from uh, Sheffield Wednesday. It's just the type of market we're going to be finding ourselves in where we're trying to buy cheap for long-term gain. Do, do you think I that's think, it? Sorry, Stephen. I, I just, these, just to touch on that about these guys coming in, I, I think whoever's making the decisions, these are like project players, much like yeah. the likes of Luke O'Connell and all them were. It's like we're bringing these young guys in, hoping that they can do something and loan them out maybe and, and looking for resale value and using the name, Celtic's name, as a stepping stone for these guys to come up. There's no guarantee they're going to get a place in the team. Whoever comes in, he's going to put, he's going to he's going to have his own ideas in place. He's going to want to pick his own team, build his own team. So these guys are coming up on essentially false promises. What is it that what is it we're, we're sort of what kind of carrot essentially are we dangling in front of guys at the minute to to convince them to come up when when we're in the the, the position that we're in? I just don't get it. I I don't understand it either. And Ross, come to bring it back to the the Roy Keane as well. Now. I've heard a lot of speculation that Desmond wants Roy Keane and he's sold on Roy Keane. He, he wants him, and but the board, in terms of the, the decision-making, aren't happy with that. And, that. and also you've seen a lot of ex-players or pundits saying that Desmond's kind of lost interest in Saudi Football Club, which I tend to agree with. Do you think the hold-up here is Desmond isn't getting his number one and the board wants someone else in? Um, it's, it's beginning to seem more and more like it. Um... I mean, I, I said previously that I, I really, really don't want Roy Keane. I still really, really don't want him. I've slightly warmed to him a wee bit, the idea, eh, when I heard that it was going to be like Nicky Buck coming in with him. But, I mean, I, I mean, it's only like a couple of degrees I've warmed. Like, I'm still a million miles away from <laughs> wanting him to be Celtic manager. I just I don't think he can be. And if Dermot Desmond thinks that that is in the best interest of Celtic, then I think it's time for him to move on because he does need to do a lot for us anyway. Um, no. I mean, he's obviously not going to because he's en- he enjoys using Celtic as his wee toy, I think, at times. Uh, but I, we could, we're just going round and round in circles. I, I think I'd said previously that how wasn't he my number one choice and over the last number of weeks, uh, I have argued with people that he's not the same calibre as Rogers. I don't think many can disagree with that. Um, we've, but, we've had uh, the argument, Ross. Aye, <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> um, but I don't get me wrong, I, I still think he's a very, very good manager. Uh, and he is in the Rogers mould. We've touched on that previously. But I would say that Eddie Howe is my number one choice now. And how you can be sitting there is Dermot Desmond, and if you've got the choice between Roy Keane or Eddie Howe, if that is in fact our final two, if you like, that we're down to, I, I don't know, again, but uh, if that's your choice, if you're sitting there arguing with the rest of the board that you want Roy Keane and you're holding everything up, then you can piss off. Because <laughs> yeah. it's no even, a, they shouldn't even be mentioned in the same breath as regards being a manager, uh, oh. it's, it's just it's just madness. If that's the argument they're having, it's just doesn't make sense. Is that your feeling, John, in terms of Dermot Desmond at the minute? Aye, absolutely. Um, and I, I've said for years that Desmond's done none. I, I, I mean, I'm not sure. He, obviously, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, none of that. But for the outside looking in, it, 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 like Ross says, it's just a. Like a hobby for him, it's just a wee side thing. I mean, you've got one of the richest guys in the country, a billionaire, 
uh, is the majority shareholder of your team. And this is the kind of games he's playing. He's just kind of, he wants to hire his pals. Uh, he, he, there's a lack of clarity. He's just, he's playing about, like the fans deserve better than that. And yeah. it's the fact that he's treating the club the way he is at the minute just shows me that he's, I don't know what his opinion on Celtic is. He claims to be a Celtic man uh, and everything else. Uh, and obviously, with the level of investment he's got in terms of his shares uh, in the club, it's in his best interest uh, for a business perspective to keep the club uh, operating successfully. So I just don't get it. I don't understand it at all. But I mean, all that said, if if he, if he he gets, whether it be Keane or whoever, if he gets the right man in and he's spent however long and he's maybe argued, if he gets the right man in and we're sitting this time next year and we've won the league and maybe one cup doesn't need to be treble, all is forgiven, do you know what I mean? But at the moment, it's it's really, really grinding on everybody and we just uh, need clarity. Just clarity and that is it. Just... And I, I would agree with that. Like, See if he actually shows us as Celtic fans if he's willing he pull out the stops in order to make something happen. Like, didn't he, didn't he the whole Keen thing, pursue that when it's very well documented at this stage that the majority of Celtic fans are not, for, I don't, no pun intended, but they're not keen on it. And it's a case of how has been the out and out favourite for among Celtic fans for a number of years. It's like, listen to what the Celtic supporters are saying. They want clarity. They want you to get a, 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 an experienced guy in. Somebody with that sort of pedigree. And it's like, fork it, go and dip into your own pocket. Like, do something to try and turn the fans around and, and get them excited again. And then if it works and we go in and win the league, uh, we win the league back, which I'm confident we will do anyway. But it's, it's a case of, like, just show the fans that you actually care. Because as it stands at the minute, he's not doing anything. The, 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 a guy that cares about the club do you know what I mean it's just... that, 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 that's exactly the way I feel because Dermot Desmond, I've, I've said it before on other podcasts, but he, he actually hasn't invested his own money into Celtic in years he's been more relying on the, the income coming in from outside sources and sponsorship deeds and TV deeds that are not, they also the all transfer fee to keep Celtic su- sufficient and go forward in the transfer market, but this season I don't think he can rely on that because the income's dropped. I think, what was it, 18 million or something we lost out on? And It, it needs investment. Celtic need a major investment if they're going to rebuild this squad because we've seen Christopher Ayer being linked with Newcastle for only £8 million. Pounds. And uh, clubs are going to chance their luck. And yes, granted, we chance our luck as well with certain players from the SPFL and other low-league clubs around Europe. But, I mean, more the fact that the English Premier League are trying to sign our top quality players for £8 million pounds is, is quite... It's, it's a daunting thing, and it's a reality that maybe we'll have to become more accustomed to, especially going forward, if we're entering more lockdowns or the fans can't get into stadiums. And I just think, as you said, Ross, if he's not interested, move on. Give the shares over to somebody else who wants to invest money. And the second biggest shareholder in the Celtic Football Club is someone called Mark Train, and he's a property investor. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's like a capital investment for some people now, and it shouldn't be like that. It should be a club that's run by people who love it. I want to want to see it go forward. Much across, like the other city, I don't like to compare, but they've got money coming in left, right and centre. No one knows where it's coming from. But the less I say about that, the better. But moving on to Diego Laxell, just touching upon it quickly. He did actually put a, uh, an Instagram story out saying that he misquoted or misread the, the, 
the text that he read to say, no, no, he's going to be daddy tomorrow. He thought he meant Alden Edward, the person who said that. So I'll go to you, John. But when I seen that last night, yes, it got me a bit excited, but obviously you think about it and yeah, blah, blah, blah. He probably thought it was Eddie because they all call him Eddie in the Celtic squad as far as we know anyway. But again, for me, not to go back to it, if he's quick enough to come out and say that was totally wrong, where is Celtic Football Club and that's coming out telling us what we want to know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've heard different reports about this video being an old video that's been dubbed over uh, and just somebody putting on a shite accent, kidding on to be like something answering the question. Uh, and like you say, there's all, there was a possibility as well, given, I mean, his, his English probably isn't the best. And if, if that's the case, then asking him a question like that, he's misinterpreted. And he could well have meant Edward. Um, or you could turn around and say, well, he's had to come out and say that because the club have picked up him and tell him to keep his mouth shut. Uh, and he's had to backtrack yeah. on it. I mean, there's a number of things you could say, but the, 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 the fact of the matter is we shouldn't be relying on players to, to slip up and, and come out with things or anything else. It's the club's responsibility, and they, they need to come out and do something. And we can, we can, we're can we going to keep coming back to this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I seen it, like, I thought it... At the time, I have to admit, I thought it, there was some substance to it, but obviously through the through the evening and waking up that morning or the next morning of when it happened, you could just tell it was a, it was fake. And he came out and fair play him. He did say that he misinterpreted it, but also a good point thrown in there, John. It could be the club saying, keep your mouth shut. We don't want people knowing right now. But at the end of the day, just moving on from that anyway, all we're wanting is a bit of clarity and a bit of forward thinking from the board at Celtic Football Club to let us know what's going on. But <clears throat> moving on to Scott Brown, now, there's a lot of interesting debates around the Scott Brown. Just something really funny. Um, I think Shay Logan went and loaned the hearts. He, he seems to be shitting it already, but I, I don't know what that's all about. Um, but yeah, so Scott, Scott Brown announced that he's leaving. And Ross, I haven't got uh, well, your opinion on it and stuff. So how, would, how did you feel when you seen the news break that Scott Brown was leaving? Um, I, I was tinged with disappointment. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think... Um, as a mainstay in the Celtic team, his uh, race is almost run. Um, but I would have liked to have seen him stay on at the, the, the club in a similar capacity with Aberdeen of taking him on. But, I mean, I can totally understand. There's so much uncertainty at Celtic. They now they don't know what the man... Nobody knows who the manager's got to be. Um, so they can't offer Scott Brown... And in concrete as such, because the, the new manager come in and say, I don't want you. Um, so I think Scott Brown, fair play, the guy's got to look after number one. He's got a family. He needs to make sure he's got a job, if you like. Uh, I know he's probably a bit more comfortable than most, but uh, he still needs to earn. Uh, and I, I think for Scott Brown, uh, doing... The role at Aberdeen he's been offered, eh, I think, is a great opportunity for him, one he probably couldn't say not eh, I think it's been a timing thing. I think eh, if we had a manager in place, I think that manager would have wanted to have Scott Brown at the club in a similar capacity. Eh, I think it would have been a no-brainer for a new guy, especially if he's not got any Celtic connection. It would have been a no-brainer for to have him Along, alongside them eh, and still offering a bit part eh, as a player eh. but aye, I mean he goes with my best wishes eh, and I hope he can someday come back to the club because he's 
totally synonymous with Celtic now and it's going to be absolutely weird to watch him lining up against us next season. It's going to be so surreal. Uh, but I just want to thank him for everything he's done for the club and he's given a big chunk of his life and he's been absolutely exemplary as a captain and outstanding as a player in the 14 years. So thanks, Scott Brown. Excellent. I think you pretty much nailed that there, Ross, in terms of what he's brought to the team. What, what, what about yourself, John? What feelings were for you when, when you heard that Scott Brown was leaving? And now that you have time to reflect on it, do you think maybe Sally could have kept him in a coaching role? Um, I just echo everything that Ross says. Uh, he pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, literally every 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 remark he made there, I agree with, uh, and feel the exact same way about. Uh, what was that? I said thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 obviously he's given like fourteen years of his life to to Celtic. Um, he's been outstanding. Uh, for for the club, he's he's been an outstanding player. Uh, he's been an outstanding ambassador. Uh, obviously, he's had these moments a wee bit hot-headed, but he kind of he kind of calmed down as he got older. Uh, he's learned fellow early mistakes as well, and he, he is the kind of guy that you'd expect Celtic to want to keep a hold. You know, just for in terms of his playing, because I think, like Ross says, that that's coming to an end, and I think we can all see that. I mean, he's probably still got another year or two left in him, but at a decent level. But it, it, we can't rely on him the same as way as we used to. But for a coaching perspective, having them run the guys, having that that sort of that mentality, that sort of leadership, the influence, um, and especially bringing new guys in uh, as well. And I think William and Anthony touched on this on uh, the podcast uh, on Friday, um, saying the exact same thing. And it's like the, these are the kind of guys you want run about the club when you're bringing new guys in to say, look, this is a massive club and everything else, and. Because he's lived it, he's he's breathed it. He, he knows exactly what it's like to be there. He, he's he's played all-time leading European games and everything else. It's like that's the kind of guy you want. Try to tell people this is the best club to play for, and they stop using it as a stepping stone and get them to buy into what the club is, and we all know it is. So I I mean I I firmly agree with everything Ross said. Um, it goes with my best wishes as well. It's going to be really weird seeing him lining up against us. I hope he does come back in the future in some capacity. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to have seen us do more to keep him in. Yeah, I mean, I've said I've said myself in previous podcasts that I believed his time as a player or starting every week was coming to an end. And, yes, I've said that I wouldn't be too disheartened to see him go. And I still kind of stick with that. But, obviously, when that day, when the day when the news broke, you do feel a bit... A bit disheartened from it, especially as you said, John. There, there's kind of no direction coming from the club, and another part of me as well that I said on the podcast, maybe he's got a whiff of the, of the new management management team, and he doesn't like it, and that's why he's kind of up and left. And there's a lot of speculation, and, and only Scott Brown will know, as as we pointed out in the last podcast. But yeah, again, he goes of our best wishes, and just touching upon him leaving and the hole and void he's going to leave within Celtic. Obviously, the captain role will be up for grabs next season. Um, Ross, I'll go to you. In my head, there's a, there's a couple of people you consider for it. Maybe Ayer, Julian, if it, when he's fit and available, McGregor. I don't think Forrest could be a captain because, I, I don't know, he just seems to be the quiet type. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the dressing room, he's probably a bit more, bit more loud, a bit more opinionated, but he, on the pitch, he doesn't seem like that. Uh, what what do you think, Ross? Who could be the next captain of Celtic Football Club? Um, uh, you pretty much 
Kenneth covered it with me there. Um, I mean, I in an ideal world, you would like it to be Forrest or McGregor. Uh, obviously, Forrest has been an unbelievable servant for Celtic. Um, but, like you said, I don't think... Well, certainly not Forrest. He's definitely not captain material in my eyes. As you say, he's not vocal enough on the park. McGregor, again... I don't think I don't think he's captain material. He's he's no it's not it doesn't seem a big enough character. Um but I mean on the looking at the current squad, uh, Ayer would be the obvious choice. Um but the question is, will he be there next year? Uh, so I mean uh, other if if he goes then I, I think the only one you could really say looks like he could be a captain as Big Julian. Uh, I think he, he gets he gets the club, uh, and he's sort of he's, he's here. Uh, he's he's on a long term contract, I think. Uh, and I think that you'd be looking to build the defence around him next year. Uh, so I I mean with the current squad, you you would say Julian, but then. If we get a new manager in, or when we get a new manager in, like please God, don't be John Kennedy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if that new manager comes in, he might have a guy who he knows well, he's worked with, and is a ready-made captain. Uh, so I mean, that that could happen. But if if Ayer goes, then Julian. If both of them stay, then it could be up for grabs with either the two of them. A bit of me would like it to go to a Scott, uh, but I mean, you look around that squad now, and there's there's no leaders. There's been no leaders all season. Uh, I are like, I don't know whether he wants to be at Celtic or no, but when he's on the park, he, he looks like he cares, uh, and he's he's a big character. You can see him talking all the time in the park, so. I would like it to go to him if he stays, but I mean, aye, him or Julian probably is the only two. I think Ross, you made a great point. If you look around that squad, there's no leaders. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, as you said, touching upon Ayer and Julian, but again, that's a big problem running through Celtic at the moment. We've lost our biggest leader, Scott Brown, and now we're looking around going, shit, we actually don't have any natural leaders in that team. And Christopher Ayer, to be fair, is only 21-22. So, yeah, granted he was a, a captain at a young age in Norway of, of a team, but that doesn't mean automatically he should be a captain of Celtic, especially at that age. The pressure might be, get too much in regards to him playing. But, yeah, the only natural successor you can really see is Ayer or Julian. Julian, me trying to be friends, Julian. But, <clears throat> yeah. John, what about yourself? Is there any left field shots that you fought off, or is it just them two, really? Yeah, no, pretty much. Like you said, there's nobody at the club at the minute where you could say he's a leader. He he's the kind of guy you'd want to, you'd want to lead the club as a captain. Uh, and whoever does come into that role is get absolutely massive boots to fall. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to be. You could just just hand it about at this stage. I don't, I don't think it's going to matter. McGregor tends to. Be one name that jumps out because he he's taken the armband a few times when Scott's not been playing, so he he seems like if the most natural successor in that respect. Uh, but Ayer this season uh, has been the only player in a Celtic jersey really that I've seen uh, with any sort of passion. And like Ross says, you, you see him, he shows, he, he looks like he cares. Whether or not he wants to be there or not is another matter. But for the duration, 
uh, or for the time being rather, he's there, he's wearing the jersey, and he's 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 playing, and he's he's passionate about it. He wants to win, he, 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 and you can see that in him. Like, I think he's probably the best candidate for it, and that's assuming we even keep him. Um, but that aside, uh, Julian's another shout. And if you're looking for guys going forward, then guys to build around going forward, then I mean, in terms of left field shouts or anything like that, Turnbull maybe. He, he looks like a guy who you could build a team around, uh, command the middle of the park, and he looks like somebody who who's got a bit of fight about him. And I think it, I think his time goes on and his, his career itself it will start to see many of that. Yeah, I mean, if he gets kicked. Kick- Took off in the sixtieth minute. Looks fed up already. He might want to leave. You never know. <laughs> but I think it's that's just but way. that's born, that'd be born in frustration though because the guy's been absolutely phenomenal for us since he came in. Yeah. And again, this comes down to poor management because this he's getting subbed off, and I don't know how these guys on the scene, what we as fans are seeing, because it's it's you're like, what are you doing? Every time you watch a game and then he gets subbed off, you're just asking yourself, Do why? What can he? Do you think Strachan's laptop? Do you think Strachan's laptop pings or something? An alert comes up on the screen. Take David Turnbull off in the sixtieth minute. Don't forget. That's, so, <laughs> that's the way it looks. That's the way it looks sometimes because when he's he's playing well. Fair enough. Most of the some of the games previously he's had a quack game, but the whole team have. And he's one of the end players. If you keep on, he can make a difference. He can score a goal from outside the box or play one of the end passes over the top of a defender's head for a striker to run onto. And it's Take them off the 60th minute, obviously, but that's for a totally different show. But in terms of Brown leaving and the, the hole that's going to leave, and even in the middle of the park and in the dress room and around Lennox Town and stuff, it's, it's going to be massive. And as you rightly pointed out, John, you need them type of players to show what Celtic means, what a, what a privilege is to pull on that green and red jersey. That's the way every every player that steps onto that field should feel. And you're 100% right. In terms of stepping stone, Russell Boyce, when he was on, referred to us as a stepping stone FC. That's what it, that's what it feels like at the moment. You're sending these players selling the, the future of them down to England if they give us two or three years of good service. That's not the way it should be, especially going forward. We need players who want to play. And if that means more British and Irish-based players, so be it. The names don't have to be fancy. You just have to look back to the time when we had Barry Robson and Paul Hartley in midfield. They did the job. I mean... They worked their socks off and got us a few good results, even in Europe. By Robson scored against Barcelona and stuff, but that's the type of players you, you want to play for Celtic, homegrown talent. And the 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 foreign players to me sometimes are only there, and we've rightly pointed out just to get a move, score a couple of goals that look good on the TV cameras. But looking <clears throat> looking at the squad, just briefly, Ross, I'll run through a few names to you. So we've got Scott Bain, Barkas, and Hazard, the goalkeepers. Is that an area which is pretty obvious we need to strengthen in the summer? Ah, aye, absolutely, aye. Um, I, I think if I was the new manager, I'd come in, just I would get ready bar cast straight away, address it immediately. And if I'm Eddie Howe, I'm going for a trusted performer. Eddie Howe equals Asmir Begovic, just get it done. Uh, and <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Scott Bain can be the number two or Hazard, uh, two and three, whatever way you want to do it. But I, th- I think Scott Bain can he ever be a number one. I don't think Connor Hazard can ever be a number one. Uh, and Barkas just shouldn't be at the club. I just want him out the door. Uh, like, good luck to him, but not bye. And just get a, a, 
that's the nicest way I can put it. Sorry, uh, he's just he's, he's totally uh, he, he's he just he's just Stuart Kerr. Uh, oh my poor man, Stuart Kerr. He's absolutely horrendous, and I don't know so what is this to ever find him. So, so you're thinking Dagovic to come in with Eddie Howe? That, that, I mean, that would be a good sight. I'm still of a belief there. I'm still of, of a belief there is a keeper in Barkas. A lot of people just think I'm bonkers when I say that, but I, I think there is a keeper in there. And if you get the right team in, the right management team, because you have to factor in as well. He's came from a team in Greece, AEK Athens. He played the team that beat us and knocked us out. So he wasn't that bad that night. I know Sally didn't really have much chances in goal, but. He, he, they still got free, didn't they? And if he was that bad, we would have targeted him with, with free balls and stuff like that, but we didn't. He seems like, I think there is a keeper. Ross is probably laughing under his breath at me right now, but I, th- I think I think, I think, think there's a keeper in there, and I would keep Barkas. I would get rid of Bain. I would keep Hazard about. I think there's a good keeper in Hazard, especially for the future. He started for Northern Ireland last night, and by all accounts, he did okay. There was the penalty kick he should have saved with Pulisic, but, I mean, they make mistakes and stuff. He's a young keeper. But... I've circled a few na- names here. John, I'm going to come to you for this, right? So, Ayer, Rodziks, Edward, Ayeti, Christie, Nisham, Bayou, Sved, Griffiths, and then the lone players, Kenny, Laxalt, Moy, Duffy, and then the younger players, Dembele, Angelini, and Okoflex. They're all leaving, well, potentially leaving, potentially leaving but there's all interested all them players. And it, it only leaves us with a spine in the squad. Well, as, you, as you alluded to, this rebuild could be too big. I mean, I don't. I think we're under no illusions that the rebuild is going to be massive, and there's probably going to be a lot of people leaving the club. Absolutely, I don't think it might be to the extent you've mentioned. I think we still hold the cards in terms of some of these guys in terms of their contracts. We don't. We're not under any obligation to sell them unless the money's absolutely phenomenal. I for eight million, for example, is ridiculous, and would just be wouldn't even entertain that. Um, he's only just came into the club. He's still under contract. They need to be. We need to. I'd imagine Celtic as a club why uh, recoup the money that they've made off. Uh, was it rather that they spent on him uh, and then some? I don't know if there's any clauses tied to that either. Um, Edwards is very likely we're going to see him leaving. I mean, the the, the rebuilding job's going to be. And well, in Cham as well, by the looks at he he's not got a club to go to because of that. I don't think Marseille want him. Um, so I, I mean, it really depends on who else is is going to follow up interest in Cham. I imagine he's probably got some clubs that will be sniffing about, but like, he, I mean, it really comes down to who actually wants to be there, uh, who's going to fight for a place in the team, play for the the jersey. But in order for us to, I mean, again, everything's speculation at the minute. We're all just assuming the absolute worst in terms of all these guys. And until a manager comes in and the place can start to settle down a bit and he's had a chat with these guys one-on-one, which is exactly why you need a an Eddie Howe or Roy Keane uh, to sit with the guys, let them know where, what, what his vision is, where he's going with the club, what he wants today, so that they can buy into it. And th- that's the kind of guy you need uh, to come through and, and, and take control of the team and until we've got somebody in place who can do that whether they do that or not it's another thing but until we've got a manager in place something concrete 
uh, and we we can start to stabilise a bit and get get things in motion. I don't think we're going to every player on that team is going to be linked away. Yeah, uh, it's a hard one. Uh, the reason why I brought up the players as well, John, for me they're very obvious names that could leave. The likes of Ayer, Rodgers, uh, Christie. He's but he wants to go down England. It's pretty obvious. His head's massive, and it gets pointed out to me every podcast that always mentions Christie. But I just <laughs> don't want them in the team no more. I didn't. And then Edward. <laughs> and then <laughs> Edward Ayeri Ayeri. That's a question marks and does touch upon one name that sticks out to me. I'll go to you, Ross, for this. Do you think this is Lee Griffiths' last season at Celtic? Um. Uh, yeah, pro- I think it is. I think he'll be gone. Uh, I- I've spoke to you about this in a previous podcast. Um, I, I, I mean, look at the rumour is that there's an opportunity for him to go to Aberdeen. I think that would be a perfect fit for him. Uh, I, I really like if Edward goes. I'm, I'm loath to say I like sell Griffiths but he's bringing nothing to the table we've said it before like if Griffiths was fully fit his head was right then he, he stays at Celtic all day long he's got still still got so much to offer us but Lee Griffiths right now offers us nothing and for me if if, if he's going to go forward as the Lee Griffiths we've had for the past year year and a half maybe in two years, then ah, his time's up. But if he comes back, he gets his head down. I mean, I touched on it as well. We've got the Euros in the summer and he is nowhere near the Scotland squad. Like, how nolly? Like, what are you doing? You're absolutely pissing the latter years of your career away. And it's so sad to see. And you're at a, a massive club like Celtic where you've still got the ability and loads to offer. You're just no showing it, and it's 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 a shame. I really feel for the guy so much because uh, it's it's I've got no mere words. Actually, it's so annoying. <laughs> uh, do you know you know what I'm saying? It's like Aye. how uh, like I want him to be at Celtic. I, I think he's absolutely the best finisher in the league on his. On his day, even on his day, he just knows where the, he's came on numerous times. No fat this season, but bang, there's the goals and there's the ball in the net. Lee Griffiths, it's what he does, but he's just no. I don't think a new manager's got to come in and put up with what he's been doing the last wee while. So Aberdeen is a good opportunity for him and to work alongside Scott Brown, who. Well, I was going to say he might be able to oversee him, but he, he's not been able to do it at Celtic the last couple of years. So, I maybe I that's he what he needs, though. Is a, a, like I said, and this comes back down to the sorry to cut you off there, Ross, but just to touch on what you said, I agree with everything you've just mentioned about Lee there. Is like I love the guy, best natural finisher in the league, uh, as far as I'm concerned, when he's when he's on his day, but. It is hard to watch because we know how talented he is. And like you says, he's pissing the latter years of his career away. He should be fighting. He should be on the park constantly fit. He should be scoring barrels of goals. He should be in that Scotland set-up uh, and help us uh, in terms of Euros. Um, but again, this comes down to maybe he stagnated because he was working under Lennon for a couple of years. 
and he's kind of is kind of dropped his heater. But Kennedy's not. He's been part of the same setup. Maybe he's part of the same problem. If you get a new guy in, uh, somebody who can sit like a man manager, somebody who can sit down and talk to you and say, "Look, where are you? This is what we want today." Like, do you know what I mean? Somebody who who can try to get me pick his heat back up. You could say and, that about most. Sorry, to cut you off this time, but you could <laughs> you could say that about most of the players that are probably on our lists for people to go. Like, I mean, look at uh, Tom Rogic. Like, he's on my list here. That like he could go uh, at the end of the season, but like he is a absolutely fantastic player on his day, but he's just no showing it this season. And is it down to Lennon's management style I think it probably is because you can't go for how the levels that these guys were performing performing at to what they are now it's like I I have to admit I'm I'm one of Lennon's biggest fans I have been for years right as a player and his first spell at Celtic I was like well like I thought he'd done amazing but then when he came back after Rodgers, I was one of the ones that was like, it'll be absolutely seamless, he's Mr Celtic, all the rest of it. And when I think back now, like, see, it goes back to probably the game where I think Celtic won 2-1 on the day against Rangers, but Rangers were down to 10 men, and they almost beat us. And it goes back to that day, and I'm like, the writing was on the wall then, when you, when, when you think it, because we had they had 10 men, and they almost beat us. And the season previous with Rodgers, we went down, I think it was the season previous, we went down to 10 men at Ibrox. Rodgers went two up top, changed like the formation, and you had Murray in the sidelines trying to G's players up with no tactical now whatsoever. And Celtic went on and won that game. And then pretty much the, the same teams the following year, Celtic, Rangers went down to 10 men and Celtic almost lost it. And I, I did think at the time, well, not so much at the time, but I've thought about it previ- like no know that recently. Uh, that like the writing was on the wall with that game and it's like these players have just fell away so much under Lennon's watch and I, I mean, you could... know, you're exactly right. And that, it's not just Lee. Rogic is an example. And Cham's I, another one. Like how how yep. we've seen how good in Cham is. And we know what he's capable of. We know how good a player he is. We've seen him at his best, uh, and he's phenomenal. And again, he's another player who's he's dropped. And you, you, it, it, again, it comes back to this, and this all essentially boils down to negligence on the board's end. Because, like you said, there, Lennon. I mean, anybody could have came in once Rogers left and took that Celtic team to that title, because that was still Rogers' team, ultimately, and. You could have put a Wayne in charge of Celtic, who had no idea what they were doing, and they would have won the league. The following year, yeah. you started to see signs. I guarantee we still won the treble, but I mean, <coughs> sorry, it, no, it's all right. But I mean, it, it, like he says, writing's been on the wall. We can't all see it coming. And this year, it all years, months and months and months ago, we've seen players heads drop. We've seen players they're not playing the way we know they're capable. Of. Uh, that comes down to, I mean, it, there's, there's definitely something was going on behind the scenes for that to happen. You, you don't just, you don't just drop the heads like that overnight. No. And yeah. again, this comes back into this is where the board dropped the ball because 
it's like if you get a manager in back before Christmas, um, picks the squad back up, he'd start getting lifted. You're like you're, you're Rogic and Cham, Griffiths, all these guys, Eddie and all that. They, 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 they keep, do you know what I mean? We, we'd have probably been fucking firing on all cylinders and getting into the end of the season a completely different picture. Mm-hmm. And they'll have to listen yeah. to that other mob with their 55 push. But it's, I mean, it's all, again, you can speculate and you can say everything at the minute. We just need to focus on the here and now and things need to change rapidly. Yeah. No, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I mean, the way the season's panned out, as you said, players' heads are dropping well before Christmas. And it's a, it's a contrast from the likes of Rogers and Charles to Lenny. And Ross, I kind of get where you're coming from as well, that when Lenny came in again, you thought it would be a seamless transition. But I just wanted them there for that, that period when Rogers left to the summer. After that, I didn't think it, it would have been a good move. And it's kind of been the whole... The whole statement that Desmond's put out where he says they take due diligence and they take time and curry kind of slaps you back in the face when they appointed Neil Lennon in the shards. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. If, if you look at it as well, touching upon a few international players and stuff, there's a few international players in our team that go away and play magnificent with, with their international squads, but when they come back to us, they're absolutely abysmal. And you look, you look at the international players that have been on away at the moment. There's Shane Duffy. He's starting tonight against Qatar. Um, Norway, there's Elonusi and Ayer. He had a bad game. I think his manager said that he needs to get a, a move away from Celtic because he's picked up some bad habits. I mean, Celtic shouldn't be allowing national team managers come out and disrespect in the club like that for one. And then you have Connor, Connor Hazard starting uh, last night against the USA for Northern Ireland, conceded the penalty kick. And then Scotland, you got Cal Mack, Jack Hendry, uh, Christie, them types of players. And then again, Edouard scored for, for France, a penalty kick. And he's their record goal scorer at that level. But, John, in terms of the international setup and stuff, do you think when the players go away that the pressure just gets lifted automatically and they can show what type of players they are? <clears throat> no, no, I don't agree with that at all, no. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's different because you, when you go at club level, I there's a different level of expectation on you, especially at a club like Celtic. Um, but... It, again, you're playing in a, a particular. For, you're playing under a particular formation, uh, particular tactical style, and then you go away uh, to a national team, and everything changes, and it might suit you better. And, and I think you, you could sit and argue that, like said, Edward uh, has goal scoring feats for the under twenty ones for France. Uh, and he's 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 just became the. I'll, I'll, I'll give credit to Franny because he's the one that brought it up, but the. He's, he's France's top goal scorer sure? at that level. Yeah. Um, at under twenty yeah. ones. Record. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and and every time he goes and plays for France under twenty ones, he's banging goals in. It uh, it might be the players that are running about him uh, are at a higher level. They they understand him. Uh, the the type of footballer that he is. The the tactics and the formation that they play might suit him better. And the position and role that he's played in that team might suit him better. But then he comes back to the club and everything changes. So. There's a lot of different things to take into consideration. I don't think it's an easy thing just to say as it, it comes down to like pressure and expectation and stuff like that. I think so, it, it, I, I it, there's so many different variables. I have, to, I mean, I have to. I get where you're coming from, but the way I look at it is, what, these players play for Celtic. They're getting paid big money. Why is it a, a pressure for them to turn up and, and play like the the, the noble can? On the Rogers, the the tactics. Fair enough. You pointed out the tactics side of things. 
but individual talents should shine through and the team should come together like that as well because Edward he plays at the, the top for, for France and by all accounts I've watched a few games it, it's quite similar to high Celtic play in terms of the setups it's usually a 4 2 three, one and that's the way Celtic used to uh. play and even in, that, even in that position Edward was kind of he was crap to be honest at the start of the season and but what, what you I need to know. take into consideration as well Stephen is individual talents all fine and well and players did that to play at that kind of level but it's a team game. You've got 10 other players on the park way and you need to be able to have an understanding with them. They need to be on, on, on the ball as well uh, and they need to be, like, you need to rely on them, for, especially for a striker. You need to rely on them uh, creating space, getting moving the ball about, getting it to you. Um, and yeah. if you're having to, because Celtic at the minute are playing a lot of possession-based football and they're passing the ball back a lot and it's drawing defenders out, means Eddie has to go out with them so that he's no in an offside position, he has to follow them. So when they start, when we start passing back and we're, we're drawing them out, we're pulling him further away as well. And yeah. you find more often than not, by the time he gets the ball at his feet, he's thirty odd yards away from the goal. And yeah. you're like, that doesn't suit him. He's a striker. So no. what he tries to do is show his individual skill, and he tries to beat one or two players. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but he always finds himself in a position where he's crowded out and he's having to, he's having to spread the ball again and you're just back to square one then and this is where your tactical and your formations come in you need to have the right set up in the team to complement the players you've got in the team you can't just yeah. this is why when when people say oh it's the players on the park and they're doing their job they're, they're, they're playing the way they're instructed to play and that this is why yeah. it boils down and why the manager's so important because you need a guy who knows when he make, and we've seen it this season, that making like-for-like like substitutions at the 85th minute. What is that going to solve? Like, you're no doing anything tactically to change anything. <laughs> you're making like-for-like like substitutions. You're, you're, you're taking a defender after a defender at the 85th minute when you're doing one none. It's fucking, it's pointless. And that, the lack of knowledge for a management perspective has been evident this season under Lennon and Kennedy. The decisions have made have been shocking. And this is why it's it's so so important that you're getting the right guy in the door, somebody who 100%. understands it. And I get what I mean, you're, I get no, sorry, you're coming ahead. from because the way I came across that point I made was just because I think good players should be able to be, play with good players at that level. And yes, we, we have touched upon individuals playing as individuals, but at the end of the day, if the team's not gelling, you do need that bit of spark from somewhere. And I'm not going to pretend to be. An expert in international football. So it doesn't well, I'll, really give you, I'll give you the perfect example, Stephen. Sorry to cut you off again, but look at Messi. I mean, he's widely regarded as probably the greatest player in the world, right? And has been for a number of years. There's no denying how talented he is as a footballer <laughs> and his ability to play, score goals, create goals out of nothing. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. But then he goes and plays with Argentina and he does nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it all lends itself to the players running about you and the way a team's set up and stuff like that. Oh. And it's evident when you, you go from one team to another how that can change because you're used to playing one sort of style of football and everything else. And mm-hmm. even I'm maybe riding a bit, but it's like... Even in sorry, the current Barcelona, I'm just saying, even in the current Barcelona team, he's not... I mean, I know he's obviously a bit older now than what he was when he played alongside Xavi and Iniesta and that, but in the current Barcelona team, he's, he's not as effective as what he was when he was playing alongside all the guys, they guys, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring Messi down by any manner he means, but they 
made him an even better player than what he was because exactly. the things they done on the pitch allowed him to go and express himself and do yeah. what he done on the pitch. Uh, so as a team game, and like Edward is an absolutely outstanding player, but the team round about him are not playing to his strengths, and they're not being coached right, and they're not playing the. Well, like we've said that before, they're shoehorning guys into a midfield like three number tens. It's not working, yeah. and yeah. there's too much. We've said that before. It's all in front of the defence, like John said. Edward's having to come short all the time. I know he does like to come short and link up the play, but he's been playing like up front himself. So who's he linking up with? Because there's nobody running beyond him when he picks up the ball. Yeah. No, so I, I, totally, I, totally, I totally get it. But uh, I mean, just just upon the the Celtic internationals, I don't want to go too far off that subject. But I mean, Ross, in your opinion, because John's absolutely killed me in my opinion. But I want, I want to hear I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> Do you think there's a difference between the Celtic players who go away for international duty to highly perform for Celtic Football Club? Um, I, t- I don't want to agree with John because uh, I feel like everybody's disagreeing with you tonight, Stephen. But I kind of it's natural, it's natural. <laughs> I'm siding with John here. I mean, well, you look at Christie, he's been on the most part rubbish for Celtic this season and. He played for Scotland on Sunday night and he played in the exact same manner as what he has for Celtic. His shooting was wild. Uh, it, it, he just was so... Uh, uh, he was so ineffective, but I, I, want, I, I sort of defend him a wee bit because for the most part of the season, he has played out of position. On the, uh, he's, no a, he's no a right midfielder. Nowhere near it. He's a number 10 or middle of the park, just going beyond the sitting midfielder. But uh, he has been played out of position. But, I mean, he can be played out of positions, but still be able to, like, kick the ball and shoot and tackle yeah. and run. And he's, uh, he's... he's I think Christie has got some great ability. And a couple of years ago, his work rate was, like, the best I've seen in a long time for any Celtic player. It was phenomenal. Uh, but... Right now he's going through a really, really bad period and there's no light at the end of the tunnel for the, the guy. I feel sorry for I know you always say he's got a massive head. I don't know if he's got a massive head, but there's maybe the wrong people round about him telling him he's this and he's that and he's believing it. Yeah. And he's he, he thinks he's worthy of that move down to England. I think he thinks he's going to go down to England and wrap it up and go to like a a fucking Arsenal or something following the footsteps of Tierney when he's not even yeah. in the same stratosphere as Tierney, you know what I mean? It's, no. he's, he's just, uh, I, I don't yeah. think he's got a massive head, but he's believing the shite that he's getting dealt after people yeah. round about. No, I, t- I totally get what you mean. I'll just give me a excitement. I'm just making a note here. Never bring international football up again <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> I, I, have, I have that marked down so I know for next time, never, ever, ever talk about it. But no. <laughs> <laughs> The way I just, the way I just <laughs> worded that was, I sometimes I look at matches, especially Edward. I'm not singling him out or anything. He just, for me, performs differently when he's with France. You see him running behind and stuff. But yeah, I mean, guys, it's all about different opinions. You agree with each other. I, I, I'm with myself in this one as I was last week. I think it's become the norm in this podcast. Me to be by myself. But no, but see, I mean, see, that... 
sorry to cut in, Stephen, but you're saying there, like, Edward performs better with country than he does at club level, but, like, to sort of help you a wee bit here, if you like, um, the, the, would you have said that, like, a year ago or two years ago, when Edward was performing excellent for Celtic and playing in a very good team and then going to France and playing in another very good team? He's just playing no, that shit team. Yeah, no, that that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like Celtic this season are absolutely pathetic. The the team has just went went to shit. And the the way I the way I was t- trying to come across was when players go away to international football, it's like a new lease of life. And granted, Christie and stuff, he did perform badly for Scotland. But the likes of Edward, players like that, and uh, Connor Hazard to a certain extent, they've got a new breed of confidence when they go away. Connor Hazard actually came out and said, if he's not Celtic number one next season, he's going to consider moving elsewhere. And that's just him after yeah, signing a new two-year deal. So he, he's pretty confident in his own ability. But, I mean, I like the fact that you guys are, disagree with me. That's what I want. I don't want people to disagree with me for the sake of it. I, I like disagreements within the show. I think it makes it for a good debate. But, yeah, that brings it to the end of that segment. I mean, in, in terms of what we talked about, we've covered a lot of things. And we're going to move on to the, the quiz. Now, this is hopefully where I can get John back and make him lose. Uh... Make him lose five on the bounce, John. How would you feel? I don't really care. It's all a good laugh. <laughs> Aye, that's the Rangers what? fans used to say when we were winning all the times. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be running laps if, if, if I get this. <laughs> but yeah, it's but if I do recall, format. it was you, Ross, last time uh, I was up against where I got absolutely done, so... Uh, well, I, I was going to bring up, just in, case, uh, <laughs> just in case it all goes tits up here, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the same format as always, guys. There are five questions. First, the answers, whatever quickness, or whoever gets the five quickness as well. So, are you ready, guys? Mm-hmm. I sure go. No worries. So, the first question is What is the Celtic transfer fee record received? So, the highest transfer fee they've received? 25 million. Yeah, 25 million. John got there first. Yeah. Right. What nationality was Jos Valheron? A Belgian. That's one eights. That's one eights. No problem. Celtic saying Didier Gat from which club? Race Rover. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll give that to Ross. I heard you first, Ross. Aye. What? I got what it completely not... wrong. Anyway, I thought we were going for a the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> what nationality was Bobo Baldi? Guinean. Oh, this is the tiebreak question here. <laughs> Name all three members of the Free Amigos. The Canio Cadet John, you've won. You've ah. redeemed yourself. You've got it back. That's 4 1. Well done, John. Well done, man. That was a good one. I thought I, I, I well, want to keep the quiz. Down the group chat. <laughs> make, make sure you delete the, the photos I sent you of what questions going to ask us in case there's an inquest. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, guys, um, thanks for coming on, John. It was great to have you back again. And Ross, yourself, I thought it was great crack. And I, I like the whole the, the whole disagreement side of things. I don't want people to agree with each other just for the sake of it being on a podcast. And it makes for good listening. Um, have you guys enjoyed it? I love yeah, it, mate. Probably. I love yeah. it. No problem. And on Friday, we'll have another special guest come on, Colin Watt. I did the football in Sumnac with him on a Celtic State of Mind. So he's going to be on the show. That's something to look forward to. So until uh, Friday, when we speak again, uh, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel.